With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Superchargers, headlights, and more with over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. The Volume. It's Boxing with Chris Mannix presented by FanDuel. Football season is underway. Basketball is right around the corner, and there is no better place to get in on that action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. FanDuel always has exclusive offers. When you win, you'll get paid fast. FanDuel has a lot of ways to play, like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. Combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and try out the same game Parlay Plus. So use the promo code BOXING and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more during this football season. And get ready, NBA season is right around the corner. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. Are you ready? When are you going to give a real intro, like a professional radio voice intro to your show? Because those are lame. No, they're not lame. That's what captures the imagination. Like, hello, welcome to the Chris Mannix podcast. My name is Chris Mannix. You know, do something like Have that. Have you ever listened? You do listen to the podcast. Don't even say you don't. You I, listen every week. I only listen when I'm on. Okay, that's weird because you know what's being said. At the very beginning of the podcast, there is animation that plays. Yeah, but it's not you. I can intro the show for you if you I, want, I don't if want you to, want to be my guest. Please don't intro the show for me. Don't intro the show for me. Senior, senior editor of Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix, is my guest tonight. Well, Chris, how senior are you? writer, but okay. <laughs> not editor. Can we talk dumb. about your tweets, by the way? You are a rage tweeter. You know that, right? Like no, you, you wake up and like it, you just wake up sometimes and just send out like twenty tweets in a row. I've never done more than five in one day, and I'm like they're Hemi- all back to back to back though. Look, man, I'm like Hemingway of Twitter. I write best in the morning. Can I, uh, for the record, Sergio Morris here, former junior middleweight champion, DAZN broadcaster. Um, you had a tweet uh, about a week ago, and I flagged this because I wanted to bring this up. On the podcast. Somebody asked you, quote, Riz, now why did you walk away from the Jermaine Taylor fight when Jermaine was undisputed? Your response, I only had one 10-round fight under my belt. I wasn't ready. Bullshit. I call 
Bullshit. Tell the people the real story about why you didn't fight Jermaine Taylor. Well, it was partly because I only fought one ten rounder. Mm-hmm. I was only I only have seventeen pro fights, and most importantly, we're one hundred and fifty thousand dollars away from a million dollars. <laughs> that's why Lou DiBella, one fifty, and I would have done it. But see, that's why. That's the real story. As soon as I read that tweet, I go, bullshit. If they had paid you 200 grand, you would have fought a 15 rounder against it if they asked you for it. Damn right, I would have. Yeah, you're right. All right, a lot to get into uh, this week. We've got some news with Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. Got a few good fights this weekend. Your good pal, Jake Paul, is back in action as well. But I want to start with uh, boxing being boxing once again. Uh, this past week, uh, negotiations for an Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford fight uh, collapsed. Crawford elected to sign a deal with BLK Prime Video, and he is going to fight in December against David Avenesian, a uh, good fighter, uh, but that's certainly a letdown from the Errol Spence fight. There's been Sergio a lot of he said she said here. Bud Crawford has blamed Errol Spence and PBC. Errol Spence has blamed Bud Crawford. You go on social media, everybody seems to think they have the most accurate information. But let's start here. Your reaction to a long-discussed fight falling apart once again. I told you so. I told you it was going to happen. You were the only optimistic person in boxing that that was actually uh, uh, feeling good about that fight being made in late November. I think our last podcast, I told you it is not happening. It's not enough time to promote the shows. It's not to, to promote the fight. Well, that had to do with the date, though. That was the date. It wasn't enough time, and they weren't talking about it. Nobody was talking about it. So there was no way they were going to put a mega fight, the biggest fight in boxing, in in that much of a hurry, in that much of a rush. That's how I knew it wasn't going to happen. They needed to the, the whole promotional machine coming out. They needed all guns blazing and every talk show. It didn't happen for many reasons, and I blame a lot of people, Mannix. I just don't blame Bud and Spence, but you got to blame the managers and you got to blame the advisors and you got to blame the lawyers and you got to blame the promoters and the networks. It's all one big, uh, I don't know the word for it, but it's all one big mess. You know, whenever you're dealing with so many people, so many contracts, so many loyalties that you have to like cross bridges, it's not going to happen. There's just too many, too many hurdles to jump. And I just felt that that's one of the biggest fights in boxing that's never going to happen when it should. Well, BLK Prime Video coming out of nowhere was not something anybody anticipated. I had never Who heard. Who is BLK and what it are they? It is a video on-demand service that has dabbled in boxing some and is clearly attempting to get into boxing. So they're like thriller. The uh, I, I, I guess that's, that's a decent comparison for the moment. They signed Terrence Crawford to a one-fight deal. Reportedly, they signed Adrian Broner to a three-fight deal. We'll see what happens with that, I have been told there is some real money behind it, um, some hedge fund money, some investment bank money, something along those lines. And look, if you're Crawford and you really can get eight figures to fight David Avenesian and the negotiations between yourself and Errol Spence and Al Heyman weren't going the way you wanted to, I kind of understand it. I mean, David Avenesian's a good fighter. But he is going to be lunch meat against Errol Spence. He is going to go out there and try to brawl, and Errol Spence is going to put him down. This is going to end badly for David Avenisi. So if you're Errol Spence, and you really can get $10 million plus to fight him, I understand it. My problem with all this is that I think this was the final nail in the coffin 
for Spence versus Crawford. It sure sounds like Errol Spence, who has spent like a decade or more fighting at 147 pounds, who was in the Olympics at 150 plus pounds, is done with welterweight. He wants to move up. There aren't great fights available to him if Crawford isn't. He's not going to fight Stanny Onis. Like, I don't see that happening. He clearly doesn't want to fight Keith Thurman. And like the mandatories out there, Boots Ennis, uh, Virgil Ortiz potentially, he's not going to fight either one of them. So it sounds like the next step for Errol Spence is going to be moving up. And you know this, Sergio. If he moves up, he ain't coming back down. So the chances of us getting a welterweight unification fight between Spence and Crawford, one that would truly crown the best fighter in that division, they may have vanished completely after the, all this. We're not in the 1980s no more. We're not dealing with the fabulous four. We're not de- dealing with the best fighting the best. It's Nowadays, it's the best chasing the best paydays. And uh, it's unfortunate because the fans, you know, they, they, they've been supporting boxing so long. And when it comes to to the the, the right time, that opportune time where everything's perfect, these guys are undefeated, they're at their pound-for-pound best, and if they only can make that fight, it it just, it it, it puts boxing at the number one spotlight of all sports, and it just doesn't happen because there's just too much red red wires to cross, too too much paperwork, too many promoters and managers, advisors. Like I said, man, it was just too much to do, and and when you were so optimistic about it, which is a rarity because you're just curmudgeon. Well, I, I just felt like... I was these, just like, what the hell is wrong with like you, man? It's all two, of a sudden you're positive? Well, look, the options for these two guys were limited when I was talking like that. Nobody saw this BLK Prime video thing coming. Like, no, I, don't, I don't even see it coming. It sounds like a, 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 a boy band. BLK? <laughs> BLK Promotions. <laughs> Prime video. I think it's sounds more like a, I don't think it's promotional. Sounds like a hamburger and Burger King or something. To, to speak briefly on BLK Prime video, what they're doing isn't going to work. Like they're doing a one fight deal with Terrence Crawford. They're going to put it on some version of pay per view. It's going to do well under a hundred thousand buys, and there's just no scenario where they can make that money back. The same thing with this Broner deal. Broner hasn't fought in well over a year. He hasn't won a meaningful fight. Since 2016, his drawing power has has largely vanished. I saw a video of him recently uh, announcing the deal. He did not look like he was anywhere close to fighting shape at the moment. So I don't know what their their end game is for all this. But if you're Crawford and Spence, that might have done it. Maybe we see them fight at 154 down the line, but I'm not crossing my fingers and counting on it because Crawford is what? In his mid-30s. Spence is approaching his mid-30s. I think we've lost our chance to see that fight forever. And that's, that's and I hate to say it, but I told you so. You did. You did tell me so. All right. I want to talk about some news that I reported this week and get your take on it. Uh, Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis seem to be right there on the contractual element of a deal for them to fight. They have agreed broadly on the financial terms, which means I've been told the guarantees for each fighter and the percentage split for each fighter. They have agreed on the weight, 136 pounds, which is one pound above the weight Tank prefers to fight at and three or four pounds below what Ryan Garcia uh, prefers to fight at. They agreed on the date, which is supposed to be sometime in January, the location, which is supposed to be Las Vegas. They seem to be right there on the financial terms. Where they're not is close to a deal 
for the broadcast rights. Tank Davis has been aligned with Showtime for his last 11 fights. Ryan Garcia with DAZN. Um, the two sides have spoken, I've been told, but they are not close to uh, a deal on the broadcast rights. So are you equally as pessimistic, Sergio, about the chances we get to see Ryan Garcia tank Davis? Or do you think there's a pathway for this fight to get there's done? There's a pathway. There's a pathway because Ryan Garcia has a big following. Uh, the kid, you know, whenever he tweets, millions of people read it. It gets retweeted. He has a following in Instagram and Twitter. You know, Tank's very popular. So whenever these two do decide to talk and, 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 and try to make a fight, People are listening, and people want this fight. It's a big, one of the biggest fights in boxing, and these guys are so young and 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 hungry, and they're good at what they do, and they knock people out. Not only that, Mannix, but they're with, well, at least Ryan Garcia is. He's with a promoter that wants to make it happen. So when Oscar De La Hoya tweets, the, the, the world of boxing listens. So not only does Ryan Garcia want the fight, Oscar De La Hoya wants the fight. It's Mayweather Promotions and, and Mayweather and Leonard Ellerby and Tank. They're the ones that are silent about it. Ryan Garcia keeps goading them on like, come on, kid, let's do it. Let's do it. And it's a bad look for Tank. But I think it's going to be, you can't keep, you can't keep just, uh, uh, you know, staying silent about it. Tank tweets and deletes. He's kind of like me. Uh, you know, whenever <laughs> whenever Ryan Garcia says anything, but you could tell Tank wants it. You could yep. tell Tank wants to respond to this kid says, let's get it on. But the powers that be and the people behind them won't let it happen. And those people, whether it's Mayweather Promotions or Network or the lawyers or whatever it is, they can't keep treading lightly. He's a tank. His name's Tank. You can't tread lightly with a tank. Let him destroy. Let him do what he does best. And that's fight. And let them, you know, uh, uh, do it at the right time. Don't wait any longer. I mean, this is the time to do it, and hopefully it happens. And I'm optimistic about this one. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm optimistic. I wouldn't say I'm pessimistic. I'm right in the middle right now. Um, I, I do think that Al Heyman and Mayweather Promotions are operating in good faith trying to make this fight happen. Otherwise, why would they agree to all the financial terms? Like, I think everybody involved wants this fight. What has to budge is Heyman and Mayweather Promotions have to authorize and tell Steven Espinoza that he needs to make a deal with DAZN for this fight. Now, people listening, they know. Sergio and I are part of the DAZN broadcast team, but th this is not about that. What this is about is getting a deal done, and it does not get done unless there is a co-promotion that involves, that involves both networks. DAZN is willing to do a type of deal that we saw with Mayweather and Pacquiao. The type of deal that they were talking about doing with Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. DAZN's willing to do that. They're willing to split everything in an equitable way. Right now, my understanding is that these negotiations haven't really gone anywhere because Showtime is telling DAZN that Mayweather Promotions and PBC are saying... This fight happens as a Showtime pay-per-view. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen without it being a Showtime pay-per-view. People can say, well, Ryan Garcia doesn't have a contract with DAZN. Well, Tank Davis doesn't have a contract with Showtime. Why can't it be on one network? It doesn't matter. Tank Davis is a Showtime fighter. Ryan Garcia, for the moment, is a DAZN fighter by virtue of his contract with Golden Boy. If this fight could happen on one network, it would have happened already. It needs to, the two sides need to come together 
and make this deal. And let me tell you something, Sergio. This is not a hard deal to make. Like, you use previous deals as a blueprint. You use Mayweather-Pacquiao, the structure of it, as a blueprint. You use Fury Wilder as a blueprint. ESPN and Fox rivals in the sports game. They got together, they made a deal, and we saw two great fights, including the last one, which is one of the best heavyweight fights I've seen in a very long time. Certainly the best fight I've seen in person. You can do this. It's about greed. It's about ego. If this fight gets blocked, it's going to be at the network level. And I'm just going to say this. I think it will be blocked because of Mayweather Promotions and Al Heyman. I think they will be the ones that stop this fight from happening because I think DAZN wants to do a deal. I quite frankly think if push comes to shove, Showtime would do a deal because Showtime has nothing else for Tank Davis. Does anybody really want to see Tank versus Isak Cruz too? Because that's where we're trending towards if this fight doesn't get made. So I think there needs to be kind of a loosening of the reins, get the ego out of the situation, make a co-promotional deal, and then make a fight that is one of, if not the most marketable fight you can make in all of boxing today. Uh, the ego. You said it. I think, uh, you know, the, pe the people that are involved have big, big egos. And, you know, fighters, of course, we have big egos because that's what it takes to get in the ring. But the people in the suits... What 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 are their egos about? They don't want to work with other people across the street because what? Oh, uh, uh, it it it's it's childish. It's 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 immature. It's not it's not good business. They could say that they don't have the the following or the audience or 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 they don't have the subscriptions. The zone doesn't. But what have, what have they done? Like you said, what has Showtime done? What HBO's out of business, or else I would have brought them up. What have they done? What are the name numbers they're pulling? What stars are they making? Tank right now is a, a bona fide star, but he's not in the. He's not selling over five hundred thousand pay per views. He's a well. Good, nobody is at this point. No, but that's my point exactly. I'll, I'll say this so, about Showtime has done a really good job at building Tank into the pay per view star. A damn right good now. job. And but he's not in over three four hundred thousand. And nobody -view. probably nobody ever will be again if the pay per view numbers for Wilder versus Ryan Leonard Garcia right will be. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, look, those days may be gone forever. We don't. We don't know if the, the million plus pay per view buys. My point in all this is that Showtime has spent a lot of time and a lot of money investing and building Gervonta Davis. DAZN has spent a lot of time and a lot of money investing and building Ryan Garcia. Neither network should be excluded, and they don't have to be because you can make a deal that will make everybody happy. And here's the difference: uh, Ryan Garcia's promoter, Golden Boy, Oscar De La Hoya, they want that fight to happen, but. On the other side of the fence, Mayweather, they don't say anything. So that they're actually to blame a little bit here too because if if the, the, the fighter and Ryan Garcia, the promoter and Oscar De La Hoya, if they're the ones talking, they're willing to make a deal. They're willing to 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 to, to talk over the contracts and the deal and, and, and everything. And they're just staying quiet about it. Well, they're to blame. I mean, I hate to be so blunt about it, but they're the ones not saying anything about it, which means they don't want that fight. And it's it's upsetting. I don't need them to say anything. I just need them to make a deal. Because if this fight falls through, we're going to see Tank against someone we don't care about, and we're probably going to see Ryan in against someone we don't care about. And that would be catastrophic for boxing in the aftermath of the Errol Spence fight. Let me transition to uh, a favorite topic of yours. Jake Paul is back, going for his sixth professional win when he takes on Anderson Silva down in Phoenix. This figures to be a pretty big event. Tickets have moved exceptionally well uh, Jake has done pretty solid numbers on pay-per-view in his time headlining uh, over at Showtime. 
Uh, Anderson Silva is best known for his MMA exploits. He's one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. Maybe the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. But he is also a decent boxer. He is 3-1 and one now. <laughs> He's not a decent boxer. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me finish what I'm saying. He's 3-1. and one. He has a win over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. That's a real win. He beat the former middleweight champion legitimately just last year. So, here's the question I have for you. If Jake Paul beats Anderson Silva, does he deserve credit for that? Deserves got nothing to do with it because he he's not fighting a boxer in a boxing ring. He's fighting a 47-year-old man, 47 years old, and a guy that's never been in a boxing ring other than with a lazy, uh, uh, irresponsible former champion in Chavez who, you know, he, he, he probably wasn't even in shape. He just took that payday. Anderson Silva lost his professional debut because he actually fought a, a, a fighter with a 50-50 record. From there, he's fought non-boxers. So you can't say he's a boxer. Jake Paul is... Okay, but you can't say... A, he, Chavez is a boxer. You, you call him lazy, and that's fine. But he's a real boxer. He is a champion. Yeah, that's the, only, that's the only thing that brings some kind of credibility. But Chavez is lazy, irresponsible, and he's not reliable. We all know that. Boxing knows that. But yeah, you got to give... Uh, Anderson Silva credit for beating him. Okay, I I'll do that. It was split decision, but whatever. The other wins, what wins he, a win? You had split decisions. The, I, I get it, but there were against other fighters. Mannix, you're, you're just you're you're trying too hard to promote Jake Paul. Jake I'm Paul not. needs to be fighting a boxer. I don't care if he's a zero and five boxer, but a boxer, someone that fought five professional boxers and lost. Then I can give him credit. Anderson Silva just fought one professional fighter in Chavez. He got a split decision, and he got knocked out in his pro debut versus another professional boxer. The other guys were making their professional debuts. They weren't professional boxers. So Jake Paul does not earn my respect here. I give him credit for being a hustler, for being uh, uh, one of these just th these guys that can turn sh uh, uh, in lemonade into shit into lemonade. I give him credit for that, man. He gets attention. He gets the eyeballs that the, the new YouTube you know crowd all the credit to him make your money son but whenever you come to boxing and you want to start talking shit that you want to call out all these big names and you want to do this and you want to take over and you want to start bad-mouthing boxers that one, that's when we got to just nip it in the butt and be like dude shut the fuck up until you fight someone well real. i don't think jake shut Paul, the hell up until you fight bad someone real. boxers like he bad mouths boxing in general and he should because boxing is in the toilet right now it doesn't make any good fight the schedule on most networks is devoid of anything remotely interesting. We're doing a couple of good ones. We're doing um, on DAZN, you've got Bevol versus uh, versus Zerto, and then you've got uh, Chocolatito Estrada 3 at the end of the year. But you look at all these schedules, the big fights aren't happening, at least not at the end of 2022. Okay. Jake Paul, Jake and Paul Jake Paul's a big fight. According Come to the people on, buying the, his fights. People are... It's not. It's not boxing fans that are buying this fight. It's 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 YouTube. Some of them are. these kids and, and all this other thing. Let Who them cares? buy. And it's not going to be that pay per view. How much is is it going to be? Is uh, it going to be fifty bucks? He charges less usually than everybody else. If it's fifty dollars, and he could. Can sell, I just point this out, Serge? I don't want to get back. I don't want to get back in this hamster wheel with you again. But you, you say Jake Paul's got to fight a real boxer. Well, he tried to fight Tommy Fury twice. Tommy Fury backed out. He tried to fight a Seam Rockman. Seam lied about the weight he could make, and then he had to cancel that fight. So you can't say. He's not trying. He's got. He has real boxers backing away from him. The second he calls me, all right, this I'm is running what we towards come it. Back to. I just like. By the way, I have a story up on si uh, si.com right now about Jake Paul. I would spend some time in Puerto Rico with him 
Um, yeah, I read the story. Back. No, you. As we record this, no, you haven't. But I just like to point out, and you hate when I do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, some of the Jake Paul critics, including yourself, don't look at the receipts. Your fifth fight, George Marino, who had just as many wins as Tyron Woodley, zero, zero wins on his resume. Uh, Gervonta Davis, who has insulted Jake Paul. In his sixth pro fight, he fought a guy named James Franks, who was 2-8-1. and one. Canelo Alvarez didn't face a guy with a winning record till his 13th professional fight. I don't well, why is just because they don gloves and like act like a real boxer, that makes them real boxers? Every champion in the history of boxing, if you look down into their first five fights, they've fought fighters five, like that. 10, 15, 20 sometimes. They fought fighters like that. Lately. Okay, is, was Tyron Woodley better than George Marino? No. <laughs> you don't think so? Not in boxing, I've never actually no. seen George Marino. No, so I, don't know what he I didn't even know who he was, but <laughs> I for, he's forgettable. <laughs> but I bet you he probably would have went the distance with Tyron Woodley. So, so didn't Jake Paul. Then he knocked him out. Well, I, I, These guys can't fight, man. They can't, they can't box. They can fight. They're strong, but they can't box. They have no footwork. They look ridiculous. Once they start getting into the later rounds, a fifth, the sixth round, once they start getting hit, once they start getting clipped to the body by a real professional boxer, they won't go the distance. They'll turn their back and they're cowered out. That's how these guys that aren't familiar with being a professional fighter, that's how they react. You know but, why I give you know why I give Jake Paul? You think I give him too much credit and I promote him, but I also talk to people that share the ring with him, like Steve Cunningham two-time cruiserweight champion. He went down and sparred with him last year. He said Jake Paul's legit. Said he has real power, he works hard, and he's trying to become a better fighter. In this last camp, Chad Dawson was there, I former 175-pound champion. I, I, I talked it. to Chad Dawson. Chad I said, it. look, he's got some skill. He's got some I real skill. I believe it. I believe it, man. I mean, look, I respect Steve Cunningham. I respect Chad Dawson. Two champions, they're not going to bullshit He's trying. I get it. He's trying. He looks the part. He could throw a one, two, three. He can run. He can jog. He can have a camp. He can bring in uh, a professional sparring partners. But once he gets down to the real nitty gritty in front of a boxer with eight or 10 ounce gloves under those lights and he gets hit on the chin, he's not going to respond like a fighter. He can act like he's a fighter, but he's not one because he, he does not know how to react when the going gets tough. That's the difference. That's what separates the, the, the men from the Jake Pauls. You know why I like Jake Paul too, though, is... Because he sponsors your show, probably. He does not. But he's trying to make these fights. Like I seen Rockman Jr. Nobody's ever heard of him, right? Jake is trying to make these fights when the reality is he would make so much more money if he just fought these influencers. Jake Paul against Nate Diaz is huge. Jake Paul against KSI is huge. Jake's trying going to make some of those fights, but he's also looking at Tommy Fury, who's 8-0 as a professional boxer. He's looking at other guys Nate who Diaz. are pro boxers. Nate Diaz is the only one I'll be interested in. The other ones I Jake can care would, less Jake about. Would, I'm sorry. I like Nate Diaz, but Jake would beat him senseless. Jake's too oh big my God. and too strong. You're, see, that's what we disagree. Nate's not a boxer. You, yeah. Nate's not a boxer. But Nate has hands. Nate has hands. So does... With, with 10-ounce gloves on? No, look. I, I, I can pretty much guarantee you Nate Diaz wipes the floor with Jake Are you going to guarantee me that? I'll take every almost... nickel in, in your pocket <laughs> oh that if you think that's the Man, case. Man, he does not beat a Nate Diaz. I'll, I'll be interested in that one. All I, right. I like big, Nate. Big fight in New York this weekend. Vasily Lomachenko is back. The former 126, 130, and 135-pound champion. He's been off for more than a year now uh, dealing with um, the struggle in the Ukraine. He was supposed to fight George Cambosa to back out of that because of the war in Ukraine. He is fighting uh, Jermaine Ortiz, who made his bones just a few months ago when he beat Jamel Herring, um, the now-retired former 130-pound champion. Uh, 
Look, Lomachenko's a big favorite in this fight, and he should be. Uh, wh- what are you expecting? What do you want to see out of Lomachenko in his first fight back? Um, you know, I, I don't expect him to be Nomaschenko and come back and, and wipe the floor with a young, hungry, undefeated, strong fighter. Strong fighter, Ortiz. I was watching video on him. I watched his fight with Herring. He's he's impressive. And, you know, fighters like that, they wait for a moment like this, you know, to, to take down a, a, a legend pretty much. Loma is, what, a three-division world champion, a, a gold medalist. He has... He's going to go in the Hall of Fame. Ortiz is going to be salivating to beat a fighter like this coming off a one-year layoff. Ortiz has been active. He's, this is his third fight in 2022. So he's I wouldn't go as far as say he's a live dog as far as skill-wise, but attrition and youth and hunger and when the, and, and, in the, too, and in the later point. part yeah. of the fight, I, I give him a chance to, 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 to start touching up Loma, make him uncomfortable. So what do I expect out of Loma? To get out of this fight with a victory, with no injuries, no cuts, and, and no bad uh, performances like a knockdown or, 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 or where you, look, you looked old. Just get out of this one, go to the next one. That's all I want out of him. Yeah, uh, I think there's going to be some ring rust, but if he's anything like the Lomachenko that we're used to. Jermaine Ortiz is a good fighter. He looked really sharp against Jamel Herring, but Jamel Herring didn't have anywhere near the offense that Lomachenko does. Lomachenko's going to throw punches uh, in bunches. So I, I I want to see him dominate this fight in the later rounds and get the stoppage because that will give him some of his momentum back. Now, Sergio, we've talked a lot, um, whether it's on jabs over on DAZN or uh, in previous podcasts about Devin Haney against Lomachenko. Um, I was talking last week to Jamel Herring um, about this, and the Devin Haney that I saw at the weigh-in for the Cambosis fight. That wasn't a lightweight. That was a guy who drained himself to get back down to 135 pounds. So, like, we've spent some time talking about should Devin Haney take the Lomachenko fight. But I'll tell you this. If Devin Haney can get down to 135 in a safe way, I, I, I don't know if... Lomachenko would definitely take the fight, but I'd probably favor Devin Haney. Is that crazy to to think that Devin Haney would be a favorite against Lomachenko? No. Uh, no, no, it's not because that's um, that's 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 the right style matchup. He's gonna have the size, the youth, the length, the the jab, and Lomachenko. The jab will be key in a fight. And and Lomachenko, what what makes him great? Sanfimo used that jab a lot in that his fight. What makes Lomachenko great is his footwork. Mm-hmm. It's the angles, and the older you get, of course, the legs are the first thing to go, and they can go overnight. So Haney, you know, he's a master at distance. You know, it's hard for fighters to break that distance. Cambosis couldn't do it in 24 rounds. A lot of fighters can't do it in 24 in in, in, in 12 rounds. So Lomachenko is going to have to break that distance with footwork. He'll be able to have success in the first half of the fight, but in the second half of the fight, when things slow down, you can bet Haney's youth, his vigor, and that, that jab and that confidence, the fact that he has all the belts, he has so much to prove, the fact that he wanted this fight for a long time, mm-hmm. that's when, that's when uh, it starts taking over. You're right, he has mm-hmm. wanted this fight for a long time. But let me ask you this. You saw Devin Haney at that way. You saw what he looked like. Should he take this fight, or should he go up to 140 right now? No, take the fight. Uh, I think you he said still, should or should. Yeah, you know, he should because uh, he's still young enough to where that that weight doesn't affect him. He can still, you know, even even though he did look very dehydrated and drained, you know, he has youth on his side. He can bounce back really fast. Uh, it, you know, draining your drying yourself out up like that it, it only affects the older you are so when you're 23 24 years old you're still able to do that even at 25 years old you know but uh one, once you get into your late 20s now man that's very dangerous yeah I, look i think that fight is going to happen devin haney wants it lomachenko wants the opportunity to win all four belts it is a legit 
pay-per-view in Las Vegas or Los Angeles, wherever they choose to ultimately put it. It's a great fight. It's what Devin Haney's always wants. So I do think he sucks back down to 135 one more time. I just hope after it's over, he doesn't regret it. Hey, but let, let, let's not give... Uh, Haney is a very responsible fighter that's always on weight. He's never he's never. He is, been, I'm, just, I'm not saying he's irresponsible. He's I, growing I, out no, a no, bit of that. No, no. Maybe he's growing out of it, or maybe it's the fact it's that he had, fly, he had to fly 15 hours. Well, he you was know, there for several weeks beforehand, so... It doesn't so. matter, man. I mean, the, the, uh, you have to acclimate to, to the, the climate you're in and the, the places you are. The water, the food's different. I know it sounds like excuses, but when, when anyone in boxing can tell you, making weight... It's a science, you know. It's it's not only, it's not only working out in the gym. It's it's every little thing. Not only where you are, but what you're drinking, what you're eating, and and at what times. And you know, when there's there's time differences, it makes a big difference. Is that what killed you um, in the uh, forest rematch? No, from Vegas to no, Los Angeles. My debauchery took a hold of there, but <laughs> I gotta love it. Uh, last thing for you, we are gonna be in San Diego this weekend for what I think is. A sneaky good fight, 135 pounds. Jojo Diaz, former world champion um, at 130. William Zapata, who's become something of a name at 135. They clash at lightweight. I love this fight, Sergio, because it's a true kind of crossroads fight. For Jojo Diaz, he's coming off the loss to Devin Haney last year. He really needs a win. Zapata, he has been a fast-rising star since his win over Hector Tanahara last year, but... His last couple of fights have been so-so, so-so. His most recent one, a decision win over Rene Alvarado. But one way or the other, this is going to be rock'em, sock'em robot for as long as it lasts. Both these guys throw punches and bunches, and both of them have vowed that they are going to stand in the middle of the ring and trade. So who do you like in this fight? Man, like you said, it's a it's a great fight between two southpaws that are completely different, uh, not in style, but in power. You know, Zepeda has that eraser. He comes forward. He's very aggressive. He's a volume puncher. Jojo Diaz is also aggressive and a volume puncher. He likes to mix it up, but he doesn't have the power. But what Jojo does bring to the table is timing. I mean, and he has a good jab when he uses it. You know, jo- Jojo actually was doing really well with his jab with Haney. You know, I was watching that fight mm. again, and... Haney, who has one of the best jabs in boxing, wasn't out jabbing JoJo in that fight. So that's timing. That's what JoJo brings to the table. Uh, body shots. He's an excellent body puncher. Uh, he has a championship experience uh, coming into this fight. Zapata, you know, he's only fought, what, a, a, a secondary champion in Alvarado? So he doesn't have that championship experience that JoJo has. Um, what did you think of Zapata's fight against Alvarado? I thought it was a workmanlike performance. You know, Rene Alvarado is a type of buzzsaw that that tough takes, guy. Good takes chin. a big yeah. takes a big punch, hits hard enough to keep you honest about it. And uh, a lot of experience. He was active, uh, in great shape. You know, him and his brother work together. They're hungry. They, they they love these opportunities to shine. So it's hard to knock dudes out like that. Um, but this is going to be a great example because if if um, JoJo can win this fight, he's back. He's back in the mix in a hot, lightweight division. And if Zapata can knock out a fighter who has never been knocked out, Haney could have knocked him out, and Farmer definitely could have knocked him out. Gary, Gary Russell, Russell, Gary yeah. Russell, back in the day, you know, he was dominating that fight, but JoJo started too late. Then he started coming on. Uh, it's going to be a great look for Zapata and, and a new name in the lightweight division. Yeah, I, I think the winner of this fight could be positioned for a world title shot pretty quickly because whatever happens in the Haney versus Lomachenko fight, it's more likely than not that those belts fragment at some point, especially if Haney wins. He's going to vacate all those belts and move up to 135 pounds. you got Shakur Stevenson, or 140 pounds. you got Shakur Stevenson lurking out there, moving up. 
to 135. Tank Davis is still out there at 135. Uh, if you're JoJo or Zapata, you've got a great opportunity. What I think this fight comes down to, Sergio, is who is throwing the most punches in the championship rounds. Because I think both these guys are going to match each other for volume early on. But who has the conditioning over the final three or four rounds of this fight? I think that's the guy that's going to win it. JoJo nope. has had some weight issues in nope. the past. Not at 135 necessarily, but he has had some some conditioning issues uh, in the past. If the, if both these guys are in great shape, the person in the best shape, I think, is going to have the best chance to win. I'm going to tell you what it comes down to. Yes, that has something to do with it as well, but any fight that has something to do with the stamina and, and everything, the jab and the you know, styles, this fight's going to come down if JoJo's face holds up. If those cuts, yeah, that's a good point that too. scar tissue holds up, because if that scar gets open early, like it did in Rocky Mount Fight or in other fights, it's it's going to be a bloody mess, and Zepeda's going to only you know, get stronger and stronger. And even though he's not beating them by a lot, you know, Jojo has balls, man. I mean, he showed against Tevin Farmer that he was able to take that championship from him with the gruesome cut. So he's been able to do it before. He can probably do it again. But at 29 years old, through all that scar tissue, if that opens up early in that fight, Zepeda will find a way to to stop him. If, if, if he doesn't stop him, the corner will stop it, the referee, the doctor, someone will stop it. They're not going to let Jojo, a veteran who has a lot of miles in his tank, go 12 rounds with all that blood coming out. So if his face holds up, I would slightly favor Jojo Diaz in this fight. I think it's going to be a great fight. Maybe the best action fight uh, of the weekend. Sergio Mora, uh, are you planning to sign with BLK Prime next? Uh, I heard they're going to look for more fighters. Are you- hey, listen, man. I'm only coming back for one fighter, and you, you know his name. Yeah. He's no, the sponsor of your show. You he's the sponsor of your show. No, I know he is. First of all, there's probably 10 fighters you'd come back for. You'd come back for a paycheck is what you come back for. I'm coming Don't back worry. for Jake Paul, and if and Spider Silva backs out, the snake will come in. When we come back, my conversation with Katie Taylor eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Katie Taylor is the undisputed 135-pound champion. On Saturday, she'll return to defend her titles when she takes on Karen Carbajal at Wembley Arena in London. That's a fight you can see Saturday worldwide on DAZN. And Katie joins me on the show. Katie, back in the UK, back at Wembley, where your pro career began back in 2016. I'm wondering, what do you remember about your pro debut? Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like a very fast six years, but um, yeah, I've got uh, obviously great memories from that night. I was coming off a very disappointing year uh, as an amateur, and this was a fresh start for me. And I just remember it just, um, I just walked into the ring as a, as a different fighter, I thought that night. And um, yeah, just an, an amazing moment. You only have one debut, and I'm, I'm so glad that that the debut actually went well in a, in a third round stoppage and um, yeah, the start of an, of an amazing journey for me in the ring as a pro. That was your first experience at professional prize fighting. Did you leave that fight thinking, okay, I'm now confident I can do this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, even before that, I, I, I had ambitions to, to bring the sport to a, a new level, the, the women's side of things. And um, I was in uh, Eddie Ahern's office a few weeks before that, um, uh, talking to him about Turner Pro and, and my my uh, my ambitions, my expectations. And um, here we are a few years later where we just headline Madison Square Garden. I don't think uh, in a million years do we think that was going to happen, but it's just been an amazing journey. If you knew back then in 2016 that your career would go the way it has gone, how would you feel about it? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I would obviously uh, be very, very satisfied. But at the same time, there's still a lot to, to be done as well, I think. And there's been a few um, uh, performances that I, that I haven't. Uh, it's very, very rare that you come out of the ring thinking you, you box brilliantly, for example. There's obviously an improvement set that, that have to be made, I think. And um, I don't think people have seen the best of me yet. And that's a very exciting prospect for me. So um, I know that there's still a lot to be done. There's still a lot to be shown. And um, I'm just excited about uh, for, for what's to come, really. You're coming off the biggest win of your professional career. Do you believe that people have not seen the best of you yet? I don't think so. I, I think um, I was obviously a, a good performance the last time, but I, I think that there is more to be shown. And um, um, I am looking forward to actually showcasing that in the in the fights to come. Um, I feel like I am getting better and better each each and every time. And um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like there there I, I haven't shown my full potential yet. You're back this weekend against Carbajal, undefeated, solid title defense for you, though not the rematch you were looking for with Serrano, not the high-profile fight against someone like Chris Cyborg that I know your management team was 
trying to get you into over the last couple of fights, a couple of months. Mm. How are you feeling about this particular fight? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously know this is going to be a, a tough fight. Like I said, she is a solid opponent. She's an unbeaten opponent, 19-0. I think um, a tough Argentinian. She has uh, everything to gain and nothing to lose. So these these opponents are always very, very dangerous. And any one of my mandatory opponents have always raised their game against me as well. So I, I'm expecting the best of, of my opponent on Saturday night. And um, I'm just excited to, to, to jump back in there, really, and, and to showcase what I can do. And uh, it's been an amazing year so far, but I want to end it on a on a high note, and uh, I want to end it on a on a great performance. I know you've been asked a lot in the last couple of weeks about the Amanda Serrano fight, but I'm wondering when when the fight ended with Serrano and the days after, did you believe an immediate rematch was going to happen? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought we were obviously in talks with, with, for an uh, for an immediate rematch, and we were very willing and prepared to jump right into it, an immediate rematch. Um, we had uh, Crow Park actually see a lot for one of the dates. Um, this is a, a big arena in Ireland, eighty thousand people. That would have been a, a huge event. It's the only thing that would have topped, I think, what what happened in Madison Square Garden. Um, but obviously, uh, it it didn't happen, and we we had to to jump back in with, with my mandatory opponent on Saturday night instead. But we were ready and willing to to jump uh, right back in for an immediate rematch. What's your understanding of why it didn't happen? Um, I think uh, they just wanted to have another couple of fights basically before jumping back into a into a rematch. Um, and yeah, so I, I obviously, uh, respect that, but, um, we were ready to jump back in, but, um, uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't make any difference to us, whether it's, uh, whether it's the next fight or, or, or the fight after, yeah, but I think it is cause it's still going to happen next year at some point. Um, I still, uh, to this day, I think it is the biggest fight out there in women's boxing. Um, um, the first fight was huge, but uh, can you imagine how big the, the second fight would actually be after, <laughs> after the first one was was uh, was iconic? So um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's obviously a huge, huge mega fight again. You you won the fight, and you don't often see the person that won the fight showing the most interest in running it back again. But it seems like it is important to you to have a second fight with Amanda Serrano. Uh, I guess I'm just a bit crazy. <laughs> I always want to. <laughs> I always want the big fights and the and the, and the toughest challenges. And I de I definitely do believe that it's the biggest fight out there. I just want to be. I want to be involved in these big mega fights and um and uh, I think that's what uh, it's it's fights like that that actually secure your legacy as a fighter as well. Just being involved in in, in, in huge mega fight after mega fight and um I just want to give the the fans what what they want really. You know, you mentioned your legacy. Your legacy is secure. You are one of the greatest women's boxers of all time, decorated amateur, decorated pro. But you talk a lot and have just talked a lot about bigger fights ahead, bigger nights ahead. What do you want out of the rest of your career? What What are you looking for over these next couple of years? Um, well, one of the things I would absolutely love is to have a big homecoming fight in Ireland. Uh, that's uh, six years as a pro, and I still haven't actually fought back home, uh, which is crazy. So I think uh, I'd absolutely love love that big homecoming fight. And we're talking about Crow Park, 80,000 people. Um, that would be such a huge event. 
and uh, that would be a dream for me to actually uh, have a chance to fight there and, and to give the Irish fans and, and, and just the support that, that they've given me throughout my whole career, both as a professional boxer and an amateur boxer. I think they, they also deserve a big night like that. You know the politics of you fighting in Ireland better than anybody. Um, you talk about it now. Are you, are you more confident now that a Croke Park fight can happen next year than you have been in years past? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it is definitely going to happen at some stage. Um, like I said, even for the immediate, we were uh, obviously in talks for an immediate rematch. And we had Crow Park actually sealed off on one of those days um, in September sometime. Uh, so uh, we were uh, definitely ready to, to, to jump in and, and, and fight and, and have a big homecoming, homecoming fight in Crow Park. So it is definitely going to happen at some stage, which is um, which is fine thing for me even thinking about it. Uh, having a big fight at home, 80,000 people. Um, this is really the stuff of dreams. The last thing I want to ask you is, you know, 1.5 million viewers for your fight with Amanda Serrano, 2 million for Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall over in the UK. You're back headlining at Wembley Arena to close out the year. Uh, women's boxing is putting up numbers. It's, mm -hmm. it's backing up the talk with actual data, <laughs> the facts mm -hmm. that, yeah. that people are watching women's boxing. What do you think of, you know, where women's boxing is right now? How do you feel about it? It's incredible. Um, um, we're seeing uh, even Clarissa against Savannah. What an amazing uh, night that was, and uh, what an amazing fight. Both girls show so much heart and grit. Um, and uh, the, the same with Alicia and Michaela. Uh, such a great fight. Um, just great, great fights. I'm thinking now we're actually seeing uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest names possibly in boxing. Um, could could possibly be female fighters and. Even this year, the, the two fights, uh, fights of the year contenders are myself and Savannah, the rest of Shields and Savannah Marshall. That alone is, is just amazing, even even saying that. So uh, women's boxing is, uh, is at an all-time high right now. And um, and the thing about it is, is it's only going to get better and better with some of these young girls coming up. Uh, what an exciting time to, to be involved in women's boxing. Who is, let me ask you this, not to ask about the, the best fighters in the world, but who is Katie Taylor's favorite women's fighter to watch? Um, <laughs> my, my, my team are here laughing at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd probably say Clarissa Shields, to be honest. Um, she's obviously uh, brilliant uh, to watch. Um, I also love watching uh, Lucia Riker from um, back in the 90s. She was, she was an incredible fighter. Um, I love if those women women had had the opportunity we actually have right now. It's obviously because of those women that we're that we're in the position that we're in today as well. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's just incredible that you know we talked about this last week that the gap, even though there is a gap between men's boxing and women's boxing popularity, it's closing because women's mm -hmm. boxing is giving fans great fights and the fights that they're asking for yeah. more often than not, yeah. and that's. That's just a good sign for the future because you're right. The depth in women's boxing is growing um, yeah. by the month, it seems like, with women yeah. getting into the sport. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, uh, yeah, we're seeing the, the best versus the best all the time in women's boxing uh, in comparison to sometimes uh, to the men's side of things where we're, we're not actually seeing the best fights happen. And people are getting frustrated at, at times. But uh, from the women's point of view, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're seeing, like I said, the champion versus champion each, each and every time. And that's... Uh, that's the thing that's actually elevating the sport.
Yeah, fans get frustrated. Media get frustrated too, talking about events <laughs> fights that never actually happen as well. Uh, yeah. Katie, good luck on Saturday. Karen Carabajal, your title defense at 135, back on the zone over in the UK. Always great to catch up, Katie. Yeah. Good luck to you. Thank you so much, Chris. Talk to you soon. And when we come back, this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA season is underway, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Plus, FanDuel is the only sportsbook that's giving all customers three months of NBA League Pass when they make a $5 bet. You guys know, listen to this podcast, I love boxing, but the NBA, it's been my number one for a long time, and there are a lot of of good teams, a lot of great games that are going to happen in the NBA this season. So you should be betting on them with our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Plus, with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So download FanDuel today and use promo code BOXING to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And just to give you something else, don't bet on the Lakers this year. It's not a good bet. Time now for this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel. And I am locked in this week on the pay-per-view in Arizona. Jake Paul against Anderson Silva the problem child against the spider. The odds for this fight right now are pretty close. Jake Paul is at minus 190 to win. Anderson Silva, a plus 152 underdog. I like Jake Paul. I think Jake, for all his critics, is becoming a pretty good boxer. And even though Anderson Silva has that win over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., I just don't like a 47-year-old Anderson Silva against a 25-year-old Jake Paul. I just think there's too many physical factors in uh, the column of Jake Paul, and I think he wins this fight. So take Jake Paul to win at minus 190. If you want to get a little bit of money out of this, if you want to uh, up your odds, look at Jake Paul by knockout. Jake Paul has shown some fantastic power uh, throughout his boxing career. He stopped Tyron Woodley with a one-punch knockout in their last fight. Silva, again, has been a durable guy in MMA, but he's 47 years old, and this is an eight-round fight. I, I don't know if this fight ends with one punch in the way that Jake has stopped Woodley and Ben Askren and Nate Robinson. It could also end with Jake just wearing down an older Silva. But either way, I think this fight ends with a Jake Paul knockout. So take Jake Paul to win at minus 190. Take Jake Paul to win by knockout at plus 260. Make some money. Those are my picks brought to you by FanDuel. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Sergio Mora and Katie Taylor for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. 
Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep cook and store system keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.